My name is Sister Prince, and uh, I am interviewing Mrs. Elizabeth Williamson uh, at her home uh, for the Oral History Project, Grace and Memory in St. Louis. Uh, this is an independent study supported by the Missouri Historical Society, and today is, Elizabeth, help me out, it is, oh. Oh, the 26th. Okay, it is, thank you, January 26, 1994. Let's begin mm -hmm. at the beginning, mm -hmm. um, where you were born. Where I was born, mm -hmm. okay. I was born in Yonkers, New York. February 1st, 1918. I um, <clears throat> attended the public schools in Yonkers, New York, and um, attended, uh, after I finished high school in Yonkers, I enrolled, and I don't know how far <laughs> you want me to go. Is this this line. Is this what you This well, to backtrack a little, uh, I was the middle child of five siblings. My father was a civil engineer in the city of Yonkers. My mother uh, never worked, always remained uh, in the home. Um, also, living in the home was my uh, paternal grandparents. And also, for a long period of time, my um, uh, father's only brother uh, and his wife also had an apartment uh, in the home. Um, what was it like to, to be a little girl <laughs> and grow up in, in Yonkers? I... Um, <clears throat> was the first girl in the family, so I always felt I had sort of preferred status uh, until um, my, um, I had a younger sister who was the fifth child, and there's nine and a half years difference between us two. I um, <clears throat> was given uh, many uh, advantages. My parents always tried to keep us involved and busy in things mm -hmm. and to uh, always strove to get, give us uh, the best uh, education. Uh, my father was um, a college graduate. He was a Phi Beta Kappa mm -hmm. from New York University in New York. And um, my mother um, just finished grammar school, but they worked together as a team. We uh, were uh, ardent churchgoers. My father always held some position in the church. Uh, he was a trustee. One time he was the organist. And uh, we uh, very early uh, attended the uh, Methodist church. Mm -hmm. I attended regularly and participated in many church activities. We uh, had uh, a lot of uh, black history in the Sunday school, and uh, we were 
always had uh, good literature available that uh, um, we could avail ourselves of. I felt it was very helpful also to have uh, the grandparents in the home. I felt that uh, they did uh, provide <coughs> an extra dimension uh, in that uh, some of the skills that my mother didn't have, my grandmother did, such as uh, sewing. She made most of my clothes. She did some of the baking, particularly cakes, which uh, my mother didn't particularly feel um, good at. She um, <coughs> also uh, felt that it was important to inform us uh, about um, various happenings. She would talk to us much more freely than my mother. My mother felt that uh, there were certain things that children shouldn't know. Mm. But my grandmother was much more open. What kinds of things? Um, well, my grandmother would talk about friends of hers that might be passing. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, she would uh, talk much more. She would just reveal many more things that my mother just felt that children should be protected from them. Was that a, um, did your grandmother, when she talked about passing, did she, did she tell you how she felt about that? I mean, was there a discussion? Um, well, she felt that um, there was a, a young woman who was the daughter of a very good friend of hers who was studying to be a doctor mm -hmm. and was passing. And um, my mother, my grandmother always felt that she should continue uh, to be in touch with her family and she was a little critical mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, my grandfather, he would talk to us quite frequently uh, and relate some of his experiences. I remember very vividly how he discussed the fact that he was a, uh, at one time was a uh, Pullman Porter and uh, he came to St. Louis on the uh, train and uh, he couldn't find any place to uh, eat and so he never came back to St. Louis again mm -hmm. and it seemed a little uh, uh, ironic that uh, St. Louis would be the place many years later that I came to live. What year do you suppose that that was for him? My grandfather? Yeah. I mean, um, a decade at least. Uh, well, um, let me see. My father was born in 1890. So it was in the, uh, the early part of the 20th century. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was probably uh, uh, 1910, around that Did he tell you any stories of being a Pullman porter? Do you remember anything he might have related to you? Uh, no, I don't, but I, you know, um, I, I don't, uh, but I do remember that story. I used to tell it over mm -hmm. and over again. Mm -hmm. and, and when he told it, what did you hear in his, in how he felt about that? 
Well, I, uh, my, my grandfather, he was born in Norfolk, Virginia, but um, he moved uh, to uh, Yonkers, New York um, in his um, uh, early, uh, late teens, I would say. And, um, uh, and they migrated uh, at the time when a lot of the families were migrating to escape uh, the segregation in the South. And uh, I, uh, they sort of was very critical of the uh, discrimination mm -hmm. that was prevalent. Uh, in the North, uh, it was more um, not as uh, distinguishable in the North. But I remember very clearly that uh, uh, one of my earliest uh, experiences was uh, going, my mother used to take us down to see the circus every year. She thought um, that, I mean, she liked to go and get something to eat afterwards. And there was a chain of stores in New York at that time, lost, hello, empty. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went in there, uh, she had all of us children, and we sat and we sat and we sat. And uh, they never did. Uh, take our order away on us, and uh, um, I remember that. But so often in school when incidents would happen, and of course uh, at that time uh, um, there were no black teachers in the schools in Yonkers until a long time after I left Yonkers. Uh, I remember that uh, if we were discriminating against my uh, mother would always say, well, what did you do? And, you know, and try uh, to make sure that it wasn't something that we had provoked. You didn't but feel accused, you just knew what she was trying to get at? Um, well, uh, it really, um, it, it seemed as though um, they wouldn't give too much uh, admission to the fact that it might be discrimination. Now, um, we did have um, a minister who came from South Carolina, and uh, they were very friendly with our family, and of course they were much more open about discriminatory things that happened to them. And, uh, but my parents uh, would sort of try to minimize those things. It was a real protection that, uh, um, that they tried to, um, guard you uh, against the feeling that it was based on discrimination. But, mm -hmm. Go ahead. No. No, no. Um, but, um, but, of course, uh, the ones uh, that were raised in the South, as, as I said, they were, they were much more uh, open about it and talked about it, much more than was talked about in my um, Help me to understand, mm -hmm. uh -huh. when you said that your mother was um, ask you if it was something, what had you done? Mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I was thinking mm -hmm. that um, she was trying to maybe deny the fact deny, absolutely. that, was denial. that, mm -hmm. that someone would be doing it. discriminatory to her Now, was that because she wanted to deny it? Or because well, they in just front thought of that you. made a more tolerable light. They didn't want you to get mm -hmm. into the habit of blaming others, where mm -hmm. uh, you know, for the discrimination that uh, 
and it was and it's protection. And I think it mm -hmm. was uh, so going going along like everything was okay, and it, and it, so it had to be something that you did mm -hmm. because it couldn't be your color mm -hmm. because that was too unbearable. Well, they wouldn't press that. But, yeah, no, uh, they no. Would really, they was uh, they they um, they wouldn't admit very much that it was discrimination and prejudice. They just tried to uh, um, play it down. Mm -hmm. it and my father would get a little upset when uh, I remember this, this, this minister's family would come and they would talk about this teacher, you know, being prejudiced and so forth. He, he didn't, he really uh, didn't encourage that. He didn't want to mm -hmm. um, admit it. Mm -hmm. Until, you know, um, until uh, in much later life, when he was um, uh, near 70, and he had been assistant city engineer for a number of years, and they were to appoint a permanent engineer. And uh, he took, the, they had state exams, and he took the state exams, and he got, uh, they said he got uh, a, a low score. And uh, that was a very difficult thing for him to accept. He just did not believe it. He, at that time, would say that it was a, a prejudicial act. Mm -hmm. Because uh, he had been, you know, in his job a long time. He had been very competent. He had taught others. Um, did he have any that, recourse? Uh, or did he do anything? No, he wasn't a, an activist. But you could tell, I mean, he was really uh, hurt by this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and as I said, uh, at that time, you know, he would admit that it was prejudicial. But very often, uh, he, he just wasn't one, at least to us children, he wasn't one to admit, you know, that uh, that was because of race, racism. You know? that, that you wanted to say something? Um, no, I, I, another experience that he had, which we learned about in much later light. Um, well, he, he was Phi Beta Kappa from NYU, but they didn't give him his key until one year later after he graduated. They didn't give it to him at the time that he graduated. They didn't acknowledge it. And also, when he, of course, um, was looking for a job, they would tell him to go south, that there wasn't any, uh, you know, that he'd have a very slim chance of getting work in mm -hmm. New York, in the New York area. Uh, and he, but, um, he didn't go south, but um, for the first 30 years, he did live in Watertown, upstate New York, uh, on mm -hmm. supervising construction of roads and things. And then finally he did get, you know, a job in Yonkers. What is the tendency, or as a child, mm -hmm. a little girl? Mm -hmm. um, I really have two questions. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure which way to go. Uh, you, these things are playing out all around you. You know, getting all these different signs, mm -hmm. signals messages um, 
and uh, well, I think it's many blacks have said we didn't feel um, uh, we didn't feel poor, or we didn't feel we didn't feel discriminated against. We were you know, well fed. We just, it just was not um, um, emphasized, it, um, and uh, um, we, and I don't know, I guess there's certain acceptance of things. I, certain what? Acceptance of things. I mm -hmm. never um, uh, would uh, think about going to the junior prom. Blacks just didn't go. And I just never thought about it in high school. <clears throat> so, uh, <clears throat> as I said, they just kind of downplayed it. Mm -hmm. um. And they did all they could, you know, to really protect us from being subjected to it. We, we, um, our life was pretty much, you know, with the church. Uh, they, uh, I was in the first black Girl Scout troop that they had in the city when I was mm -hmm. about 12 years old. But it was in the church, and we didn't think too much about it, you know, as being a second. The schools were, they weren't separate schools, of course. They, they weren't. weren't? Oh, no. But not, right. No, the schools weren't um, A couple of years, I had a very difficult time in school. And it was, it was racism. Um, I know um, now, um, they always put uh, the black children, or the colored children, as they call them, and either into the B, they had the track system, A, B, and C. And can, can, wait, let me um, and the A uh, track was for children, uh, the brighter children. Mm -hmm. And uh, up until the fourth grade, I was in the B track. So I had a teacher, and it was always someone that seemed to uh, be sensitive to your situation. And I had a teacher who thought I would be in the A-track. So uh, she uh, called uh, my mother to the school and said that the next year I would be going into the A-track. But most of the black children were in uh, the C-track. They assumed that they would be slow I remember very well when my brother was um, ready to go to high school, one of the teachers uh, recommended that he be in, uh, go to technical school. And of course, uh, my father was very much opposed to that. They thought, oh, black children should, you know, go into trades. And he wanted him, you know, to go to college. So the little incidents like that would happen. But, um, they didn't um, make a uh, big to do about the fact that this was discrimination. Mm -hmm. just, uh, um, what were you? Mm -hmm. What were you hearing at church? Well, that's where we really got our black history to know about other blacks and to um, and. Uh, now, uh, this pastor, as I said, he was sort of militant. He came up from uh, 
South Carolina. And um, they would uh, speak about various issues of things that felt that did happen mm -hmm. to blacks in the city. They, they would bring that out. Uh -huh. He would uh, try to intercede sometimes to change mm -hmm. since somebody didn't get an appointment or someone. Uh, we never, we didn't have a, a black teacher in the younger system until after I uh, left uh, uh, Yonkers after I, uh, uh, after I finished college. Mm -hmm. I was back, that was back in 1938. Um, now my uncle, he um, he was the first black uh, court reporter in Yonkers. My brother was the first black fireman in Yonkers. Um, and then, um, but my brother couldn't get a job after he finished NYU. He couldn't get a job teaching in Yonkers. He had to go with the New York City system. They wouldn't hire a, a black. Mm. So. Is there something that made Yonkers different from the city system? I mean, it um, well, uh, <laughs> I guess just like here when they had the desegregation, they had a lot of difficulty in getting Rockwood, you know, mm -hmm. to uh, accept uh, transportation of children and all. I, I guess it's just the powers that be, you know. And you know the publicity that was given Yonkers for school desegregation, they had a, you know, went all the way. It was a federal case because they refused to uh, let uh, integrate the schools in Yonkers. Although Yonkers was, was right next to New York City, just like Wellston mm -hmm. was adjacent to St. Louis. Your family, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. yeah. Your family, was my mother and father both were born in Yonkers, mm -hmm. and uh, we had our reunion a couple of years ago. They had actually been lived in Yonkers for hundred. family had lived there for hundred years. Uh, was it unusual that your mother and father should meet? Oh no, there were blacks in Yonkers. They no, church, he, but the, their differences in their. Well, there weren't many women at that time, and especially mm -hmm. black women who had been to college. I was Is that what you mean? Yes, the I difference was in the education. Well, level? I was thinking what I've mm -hmm. learned about St. Louis, mm -hmm. and I've learned that there were different uh, uh, enclaves of whether it was the Ville, and then people lived east of Grand, and then some lived. Uh, people lived uh, mm -hmm. over on Compton mm -hmm. and then Webster. Well, there's a much smaller population of yes. blacks in but, Yonkers, and but, so you didn't they, have. A, if you if you didn't associate with those that were in a different section or so forth, you wouldn't have any friends. I mean, you know, oh, it's a matter okay. of survival. And through the, the church was the hub of really, mm -hmm. you know, your social life. Mm -hmm. and everything. Understand so, that mm -hmm. my question comes mm -hmm. from my knowledge of of what happened here and yeah, people huh. did not know each other mm -hmm. until they went maybe to college mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. to Lincoln or mm -hmm, to Harris mm -hmm. or Stowe mm -hmm. rather and so mm -hmm. I wanted to know. Yeah well Yonkers was a much mm -hmm. smaller community. So they met at church. Yeah. And then they had the, um, the fraternal, the Eastern Star and the Masons mm -hmm. and 
that used to be, uh, you know, the Pope out of many associations. So your your father, who was a certainly an acclaimed uh, well, person in mm -hmm. his in his field, yeah, and in his school, college, and, uh, and, yeah, yes. they weren't uh, in Yonkers. There weren't very many others that uh, blacks that had uh, uh -huh. finished uh, college. Um, Is it possible that you grew up with a with a pretty good feeling about who you... No, because uh, they, you know, they were, he would speak to everybody. I mean, they were friendly with everyone and so on. I mean, a good so feeling about who you were. Oh, not really. Uh-huh. You know, you, know, you don't, uh, uh, I think, uh, as you grow up, I don't think you think too much of your parents' profession, really. Well, not the profession, uh -huh, but, but, but the standing of maybe in the community he was involved. He was well, involved was, uh, I guess many of my friends, you know, they, we, I associated with them mm -hmm. irrespective of uh, what their parents did or where they lived. Well, I didn't mean it that way. I yeah. was just thinking in mm -hmm. terms of... Uh, of a, a secure well, we certainly, I think the thing that has been so important is the security and the love mm -hmm. and the way my parents really mm -hmm. worked together. And, um, the, uh, I, 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 think, I don't think you can minimize the importance of that. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a very close family, of course. And as I said, my grandparents, you know, they mm -hmm. lived uh, right in the same house that we did. And, um, and my my maternal grandparents, every Saturday or Sunday, my mother would try to, to see them and mm -hmm. she was taking them something like that. Was there um, ever a place where you went back to? I mean, uh, like for when you're, where your grandparents We see my mother and father both were born in Right, Memphis. but I mean your uh, grandparents. I mean, were they, they, have, they have the ties there? Um, they yes, they born? had relatives that mm -hmm. came to visit us. And, uh, my father, um, he did um, go to Norfolk. That's where my grandfather was, right? But I never. I was talking about this yesterday. He went down to visit them in Norfolk, and uh, he sat down in the front of the uh, streetcar. And his aunt said, "Boy, get up from there!" And then he went back home. They said it never came out again <laughs> until he came back home, and he was so frightened. Mm -hmm. So. What 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 could you or not could you not do in Yonkers? In Yonkers? Mm -hmm. Well, the things or we, you would we like weren't we weren't too aware of what we couldn't do right. because uh, or maybe the fact that you uh -huh. came here when you were twenty three. Could you tell me the difference between uh, living here? this colored in in Yonkers and living the living this here? Uh -huh. Yeah, there's the differences here. Um, of course, like. Going in uh, hotels, you couldn't go up in the regular elevator. You'd have to go in the freight elevator. Here. Mm -hmm. Here. Uh, some of the, w well, one of the things that was different, but we didn't think much about this, in the movies in Yonkers, you had to sit up in the, what they call the peanut gallery, but we just went up there. I mean, I just, just didn't associate it very, very much. I mean, that's where you sat. Mm -hmm. uh, you couldn't try on and hats. Here, and here, you, you, you we were we were you different. Couldn't even go to the movies here, okay. but in Yonkers you could go, but you would sit up, obviously, mm -hmm. what they call the peanut gallery. Um, 
And uh, here, you, you know, you um, couldn't try on uh, hats like in the store. Certain stores, and of course, you couldn't eat, but you couldn't eat in some places, and you, you, we just never went out to eat. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Could you try on hats in in Yonkers? Yeah, yeah, you could. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Can but, you? Um, Hmm? And you could ride the buses and stuff. Oh, they weren't, uh, yeah, you didn't ride in the back of the bus, you know, because you could uh, sit anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, How did you happen to come to see? I'll tell, tell you this, when I went to uh, college in New York, country college, one day I uh, had a good Jewish friend and we used to eat together. And uh, this day we went out to eat, and this was right next door to the college, down on 68th Street. And I, uh, it was a cafeteria style, and she went through and got hers, and I was behind her. And the fellow, uh, one of the managers, came up behind me and said, I wish you wouldn't eat in here anymore. And uh, so she said to me, what did he say? And she really got upset. She started crying, and oh, she was so upset. <clears throat> And that was, you know, in New York City. <clears throat> What's it do to you, Elizabeth? What does it do to you? I mean, it's one thing to have your parents softening something, but well, what is it when it's, it's face to face? Um, I guess I was a pretty placid individual, and I pretty well, you know, I wasn't a fighter. I pretty well, you know, you know this is the way it is. Uh -huh. And uh, pretty well uh, accepted it. Uh, we never, I guess our family was one that never did a lot of, you know, arguing or, or um, we weren't activists. We just kind of accepted but it. But that's, that's the outside uh, part. What does it do to, to the inside? inside? Well, uh, I guess you, 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 I mean, you just, some things, that's the way it is, and you just, uh, you know, accept it. And I, I didn't get particularly upset about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I just said, okay, I just. I mean, if I said uh -huh. hurt, mm -hmm. hey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> I don't know, I guess, I don't know. I, as I said, I, I, I was it in the energy? I don't know. I mean, anger. Yeah, I guess so, but I'm not an angry person. Mm -hmm. Just, mm -hmm. um, I should. I mean, <laughs> so from high school, you went to Hunter. Yeah, I finished high school. How did you find Hunter? Hunter. Well, we went to the prom there, and as I said. Um, um, and so I, uh, I didn't have any, you know, I, I don't remember many incidents except uh, the eating incident. Mm -hmm. I was there. How did you, how did you decide to go to Hunter? I mean, like, I was during the depression, Hunter has free tuition. And uh, I had two older brothers uh, that were in college. And my mm -hmm. father, the city um, hadn't paid him for seven months. The city went broke. So uh, that's how I happened to, to go to Hunter. Uh, and what we had to do is, uh, you're supposed to live in the New York City in order to attend it. But of course, there's a way around everything. And what they did was they made a lady in uh, New York City my guardian. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, they, they is. Uh, of the court, to the court. I had her appointed my legal guardian. Okay. So I was within the law, mm -hmm. you know, but either your parent or your guardian. Mm -hmm. I lived in New York City, so mm -hmm. that, in that way I could enroll. And it did fine uh, until my last year. Uh, I mean, I didn't have any problems until the last day. The uh, dean called me in, and she had gotten a letter for uh, a letter for reference to prepare a letter of reference, and they gave my Yonkers address. I was to work that summer in Yonkers, mm -hmm. and they had put my Yonkers address on there. And um, she called me down, and wanted to know, you know, well, where did I live, and so. <laughs> But uh, I, I was within the law, so... Mm -hmm. I spent my summers in Yonkers. <laughs> yeah, that's what I had to do, which I did. But I spent my winters. I, I, I commuted every day. How long did that take? What? To the commuting? Four years. I mean, four years no, I mean, you said you commuted oh, every day. Oh, uh, it took about 25 minutes. I uh, mm -hmm. used the... From uh, your home to... Yeah, down to... Uh, I, Hunter at that time was in... One year you went up in the Bronx, the next year you went down to 68th Street, one year you went <laughs> to 34th Street, so mm -hmm. it was very, but I went up and down pretty much on the New York Central Community Train. Did you enjoy your college experience? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that is a good school. Fine mm -hmm. mm -hmm. school. Yeah, I had a lot of good friends, yeah. mm -hmm. but I was always afraid somebody might follow me home or something. <laughs> but, well, you uh, lived in a, did you feel that you had lived in a pretty protected Environment. environment when oh, you were yeah. young. Yeah, oh, yeah, I lived in a very protective environment. Uh -huh. yeah. Did you have, uh, living up there, did you go to Harlem at that time? Oh, sure. I did a, one of my school papers was on Father Divine, who uh, had his uh, people uh, in his soup kitchens and all in Harlem, and I had to go visit them and so forth and like that. Then reading that book was having oh, yeah. our same. Oh, I was, had uh, really yeah. identified with uh -huh. it because that was the same period of time, pretty much, you know, that I was. Uh, yes, having our say. I'm for the sake of the tape, uh -huh. it's uh, having, having our, our say. say. Yeah, I, oh, that's why I guess I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, By the Delaney sisters. Yeah. Yeah, I was walking those streets at that time. Elizabeth, did you feel that that the world was what for you? I mean, the opportunities. Uh. Well, I thought uh, there were good opportunities mm -hmm. available because, uh, um, you know, I was able to go and get, I was accepted at Hunter, you had to have a certain, uh, and I was in, uh, elected to the Honor Society in high school, and uh, I had a lot of friends, and I uh, was comfortable, you mm -hmm. know. And uh, uh, so I guess that's why, you know, I never was dis too disturbed about things. Mm -hmm. I mean, whatever, what goals I had, I was able to pursue them. And right after I finished Hunter, I, that summer, I started up at Smith to work on my master's in social work. Up at Smith College. Smith College. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, I mean, I didn't, you know, have any problems uh, academically. I had friends. So, you know, felt pretty secure. And were you in a dorm at Smith? Sure. So uh -huh. was it yeah, at that time, um, <laughs> they put the, 
the black girls together. Uh, now when my daughter went to Wellesley, uh, one of the first things she did was to protest that they assigned black students in the same room. And I thought she was going to get put out of there. <laughs> she was, uh, and that's, at that time, the students were much more vocal and mm -hmm. active. But yeah, we, uh, in fact, uh, there was another girl that finished Hunter with me uh, that also went to Smith. And we mm -hmm. went together, we lived together in Chicago. Mm -hmm. We were assigned to Chicago to do field work. Mm -hmm. Was your, yeah. excuse me, was your field work uh, in Chicago, was it in the, in the black community? Or uh, uh, how did that sure. work in Chicago? And what year was this, please? Um, well, I finished. Um, college in '38, and mm -hmm. that summer I enrolled at Smith. I had a summer program where you did your theory, and then from September to June you went uh, for your field work. So, what was unusual was that both years I was assigned to Chicago to different agencies, uh, and uh, then usually because I had a limited number of agencies that accepted black students. So the first year I was at uh, United Charities in Chicago. Mm -hmm. The second year I was at the Institute for Juvenile Research. Mm -hmm. <coughs> but, um, so it was. I'm not. I'm not sure. Is it integrated or it was? It was. Seg did you have segregated areas? We, our clientele was was all yeah black. was all black at that time yeah mm -hmm. yeah at that time mm -hmm. yeah when did it change well um, I don't know exactly when it changed I mean I finished you know my work and uh, when I finished I mean I got my degree um, you mean in the profession when mm -hmm. did it change mm -hmm. it depended on where it was. And uh, what type of agency it was, right. well, we depending on I think uh, some of the. I worked for Family and Children's Service. Well, when I uh, I took my first job, I mean not my first job, my second job here in St. Louis after I married, and um, I was assigned to um, to the Kinlock area. We set up an office in Kinlock. But I was telling someone yet just yesterday, I did apply to Jed Cross when I came here, mm -hmm. before I came here. I came here first for interviews and then came to work. And the Red Cross told me then that they weren't ready to hire black workers. And that was in uh, 1940. No, 41, I guess it was. Mm -hmm. yeah, but the Family and Children's Service hired me because they wanted to start a uh, district office in Kinlock, and that was all black. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's where I, I went. That's where you were? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Were you aware, I don't know if they were still, I know in 33, um, I talked to someone who was a social worker, and when she came from another place, mm -hmm. there was the Biddle District and Mason no, District. See, I wasn't here. No, I know you weren't, but uh -huh. I mean, were those areas, were you aware of, of that those were districts, or maybe those districts had vanished. I knew it was separate. The Provident Association was a separate office for blacks. I know that. Provident. Yeah, that was the yeah. city, um, the agency in the city, uh, family service, the private uh, family service society. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, see, there was one, they merged now, but there was a Family Service Society in the city, and then there was a Family Service Society in the county. What, what did you find in Kinloch? What did I find? What did you find in... I got more of an education in Kinloch than I have had. All the schooling that I've had. The people were so resourceful. And uh, just so many things that I didn't know about how they coped, which was truly educational for me. <clears throat> uh, the, the way they survived and how they beat the system, you know, so many of them were unwelcome. And this was, uh, you know, in the 40s. Could you give uh, me some examples? Well, uh, there was uh, uh, one couple that had a store out there. They made their ice cream. They did their baking, own bacon. They sold dumbbells and things. And uh, they did very well. Mm -hmm. uh, but little um, home remedies and things like that, and about their crops, how they raise their crops. Self-resourceful. Yeah. Of course, see, I hadn't been subjected to people from the South, and most of those people had recently come up from Mississippi and Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And uh, how they managed for their food and so forth, and the things that they did to cane and all those kind of things. So, uh, I, I, it was an entirely different style, lifestyle. And we hadn't, of course, been prepared for that. Hadn't in uh, not in my not in Smith chain. and uh, not my sort of chain. You know, it was no. more rural in a way, yeah, even though it yeah, was. Yeah, but the way the the, the way they survived mm -hmm. and how they managed and so forth. Well, um, were they more able to do that than than people in the north? Do you think? Well, I just hadn't been subjected to. Yeah. I just hadn't. Been. No, I think blacks always... Was it a different class of person? Well, at that time, we didn't think so much about class. You know. Well, economic. Mm -hmm. But, uh, uh, but there were people with limited resources, mm -hmm. but uh, they were able to cope and had a determination. Well, this is really impressive. Coming out of the Depression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did the war years uh, affect those people and jobs? Well, they got jobs. They mm -hmm. went into the good power plant and so forth. They went to McDonnell Douglas and, and uh, that, you know, they helped them. But many of them were, uh, had there's no taxes out there mm -hmm. and uh, they helped one another. But they had skills and they. Uh, they were able to many of them were builders, you know, do construction work. Like how were you able to help them? How, how, what was your function? Well, how did you function? Uh, you know, at that time uh, we had studied Freud and so forth, and you know, kind of focusing on people's psyche and so forth. But they had a way of uh, presenting you with a problem, but really what they needed was money, you know. And uh, so on that basis, uh, we had limited funds. It wasn't the public agency, it was a private agency. But we had limited funds, and we were able, you know, to really help, but help some of them uh, financially. And, but it wasn't so much 
uh, emphasis on uh, emotional problems. Mm -hmm. that's but that's what I'm saying. I'm, I was wanting to know what they're... What the, we were able to do is mm -hmm. to give them money. Is to give um, them money? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, you know, and sometimes um, sort of obvious role models. Mm -hmm. I know um, there was a family that lived behind us and had several children. And uh, uh, they have since grown up and moved to the city, you know, and you have a certain kinship with them because we used to see those kids and talk to them mm -hmm. and encourage them in school and so forth, and they paid it. So uh, I think it's, it, it's too, as you know, role models that you have. You see someone that's working that has a car and comes in to work every day. And, mm -hmm. um, I think that is something that are impressed and trying to emulate those. <clears throat> but uh, it was a very valuable experience for me to just, you know, just to see how they managed. Were you able to, to direct them in a direction with jobs? I mean, were you connected to, like, the Urban League? Did What, what was at your fingertips that could Well, we had uh, money to give out. And uh, so we helped somebody with coffee to go to work. They weren't the programs, the proliferation of programs that they are today. Mm -hmm. And what we did was very limited, but it was helpful, you know, to some. Did you mm -hmm. feel kind of like you wish you could do more? There was there was more. Th what would you like to? No, they think? just appreciated sometimes just talking to you and appreciate uh -huh. whatever help that you just could to have get. somebody to come to. Yeah, yeah. Appreciated them. See, we didn't have the food pantries and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, but we did. I think we had. Uh, sometimes we had uh, the uh, little kits for newborns and could give things like mm -hmm. that. Away and mm -hmm. Help with the car fare or. or so the main. What we did was limited, but for those that were beneficiaries of it, it was it was helpful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so they needed what everybody needs today, jobs. Yeah, they needed jobs and encouragement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they needed education too. I mean, if they had physical problems, you know. We were in the same building with the uh, county health department, the nurses, and we kind of made referrals to each other, worked together with each other. And also, uh, they had uh, quite large uh, clinics for VD at that time. And your money came from United Way. United Way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Who was who was the um, liaison? I mean, how how did that? Did you know anyone, or were you able to work with other agencies? Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Uh -huh. Yeah, we worked with other agencies. I had a supervisor who, you know, uh, we had five district offices, and we had. Uh, and this was with the family. Family and children's service. Now it it did combine later with the family agency in the city. And uh, but it, they were separate agencies, family agencies. Mm -hmm. And it was called. Ours was family and children. The family agency, family agency. 
of a county and the other one was the uh, uh, family and children. This was part of the government? No. This was yeah, the Yeah, yeah, they were city. Uh, they were um, local. They were, uh, this wasn't the um, public agency. These were private agencies. Private agencies. agencies. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Private agencies that preceded the, um, the public assistance program. They were they were in operation before the United ADC was passed and so forth. Now they're focused much more on uh, um, marriage counseling, mm -hmm. substance abuse. Mm -hmm. They don't do very much in the welfare. I mean, actual dispensing mm -hmm. of uh, financial aid. And you enjoyed your work? Oh yeah, I enjoyed my work. I worked, um, well, I worked until uh, I had my first child, and uh, then I worked, went back when I had my second child, and then I stayed home for nine years, and I enjoyed that too. Uh, and then I went back to work when my third child was five years old. You married. I married before I came, I mean, before I came here. I, my first job was in Dayton, Ohio, and that was my first job out mm -hmm. of uh, Smith. I wanted to work outside of New York City. My father thought there was nothing better than New York City. They were very upset that I wanted to, the girls then just didn't go out and live in apartments and so forth. So, uh, but anyhow, I was determined after being away from home that I wanted to preserve my independence. And uh, I applied for jobs uh, in the Midwest and got a job in Dayton where they wanted the first black worker in the family and agency there. So um, I, I went there and in September, right after from school in August. And the first day I got there, uh, I went out to dinner. And I met the man that was to be my husband. These people I was with, they uh, introduced me. He was a newspaper reporter. And at that time, in Dayton, Ohio, they had one black page on a sunny paper. And he put that page together, news about black mm -hmm. citizens. So um, uh, he um, left. This was in September, I went there, September 40. And he came to St. Louis the following August. And uh, so then uh, the following February, we got married. And then I came here uh, when we got married. Okay. Um, and what did he do here? He worked at the Black Newspapers. He worked at Argus, St. Louis Argus. Mm -hmm. He worked at that time, the first paper he worked at was the St. Louis Call, which is no longer in circulation here. And uh, then he went to the Argus, and uh, he worked on some of the Sentinel, and then he worked at the St. Louis uh, Mirror. American? Mirror. Mirror. No, he didn't work at that time. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so he, uh, he had finished uh, Ohio State School of Journalism. Mm -hmm. And you told me you always lived 
in the 44. <laughs> yeah, the first place we lived was 4500 Kennelink. No, the first place was 4545 Kennelink. Then we moved to 4500 Kennelink. And then we moved to 4500 Block of Colbrant. And then we moved to 4570 St. Louis Avenue. That's when we bought our first house. And then uh, we moved to uh, 4100 Casus, where we worked for 37 years. Mm -hmm. And now you're still in the 40. 4400. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so how was life in St. Louis? St. Louis? As a mother? And uh -huh. a, well, I like St. Uh, Louis, you know. My parents thought, you know, well, you're going to the South and there'll be a lot of discrimination. Uh -huh. And as I said, I used to, my grandfather used to tell this tale over and over again how he came to St. Louis. <laughs> and he couldn't get anything, couldn't find any place where they'd serve until he but um, I, I, I liked St. Louis, and uh, of course my, my husband being a newspaper man, and also he used to take a lot of pictures. Mm -hmm. So we knew a lot of people, and we had uh, a lot of contacts, a lot of uh, mingling with others, and get, you know, like free tickets to concerts and mm -hmm. to movies and all that kind of stuff. So I, I enjoyed St. Louis. I mm -hmm. you friends, you know. feel a great part of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, been here 52 years. So. What um, was it to raise children? Here in St. Louis? Mm -hmm. Or what was well, it just to raise children in St. Louis at those times? And Well, you know, we had our Jack and Jill organization that we formed where we uh, promoted activities for our children. Like they, um, they weren't in the integrated schools at that time, but uh, they could participate in activities like horseback riding things of that And uh, so they had their own social groups and their mm -hmm. own social activities. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. and, uh, had you grown up in an integrated or segregated neighborhood? In yeah, because there weren't many blacks in the So you were in an integrated? Integrated, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. except church. The church was a black church. But here it was a more segregated, but, uh, and then I think numbers have something to do with it. Uh, you know, we had uh, enough friends and so forth. But, uh, uh, you, you did your thing and you weren't bothered too much mm -hmm. about what you couldn't do. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, that was when things were beginning, they began to change. Mm -hmm. but, uh, um, with the protests and so forth. You know, things began to, uh, they gradually opened up after, of course, the uh, Supreme Court decision was in 54. Your, your children, how were they affected by? All right, my children, um, the, by the there's four and a half years difference between my children. My oldest boy. Four and a half years? Mm -hmm, between each one. I have three children, a boy, a girl, and a boy. And the boy attended the Coprian School, which was segregated at the time. And he went through to the eighth grade. But we knew a lot of the teachers, the principal and all, and they got, you know, a lot of, they really were interested in them, and we had a certain rapport with them and all. So, uh, um, although he was in a segregated school, uh, I really felt, you know, that, uh, um, it didn't adversely affect him too much. 
and you know, he would participate in the Boy Scout program. He took music lessons and things of this sort. So he finished eighth grade, and when he finished eighth grade, they, uh, that was the year of the Supreme Court decision. So um, that time, some of the private schools were looking for black children. So uh, we had uh, our tenant, uh, Mr. Stowall, he was uh, very active. He was on the board of uh, Thomas Jefferson School out in the county. So he influenced us to send our son to Thomas Jefferson. So uh, that was the oldest boy. So he went to Thomas Jefferson. And, uh, you know, that's a small private yes, school. And got a, you know, good education. Now he, um, he was a boarding student. Uh, and he, uh, the one experience he had, uh, I think it was, he, he went in one of the uh, drugstores in uh, uh, Webster, in Kirkwood. And they wouldn't, they told him to take it. He got a soda and they told him he couldn't drink it in the premises. He had to take it outside. Mm -hmm. But that's all I remember that really happened to him. Did he, um, did he want to go out there? Yeah, yeah. Was he mm -hmm. the first black student? He wasn't the first, but he was the first black to complete it. There was a, one, one or two others that had a, attended for one semester or so. But uh, did that take a lot of courage for you to to send him out there? Uh huh. No. No, it didn't take a lot of courage because I had always been in integrated schools. I had never gone to a segregated school, and uh, but it was um, unusual here. Yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, we, one of the things that's very important is a good education. Mm -hmm. That's uh, and he, uh, he liked it. I mean, he didn't have any problems. And what shocked me is the uh, younger boy. Well, let me tell you about the younger boy. He, uh, when he started school, see, there's nine years difference between the two. When he started school, um, uh, the first semester, first report card, he got all these U's in conduct and reading and everything. He's in the, this was in the first grade. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I went over, of course, to see, you know, what the problem was. And uh, he, uh, the teacher told me that they knew that my girl was in the gifted program. I don't know how they knew it. I didn't tell them, but see, she was uh, four grades ahead of me. And, uh, but anyhow, they said to me, uh, well, he's, he, he'll never make the gifted program. Uh, and uh, he, he uh, talks a lot or something like that. Anyhow, they were very upset with him. But uh, so I, you know, I said, well, it's all right if you don't make the gifted program. All children are different, I said. Uh, so when he hit the fourth grade, when they test him, they called me over and said, oh, he's going to be transferred to Walnut Park because uh, he qualifies for the gifted program. I said, oh. <laughs> and then the, uh, the oldest boy, uh, he finished school in January, and he couldn't enter Thomas Jefferson until the September. They just took him in September. So he went to Beaumont for one semester. Mm -hmm. 
and the counselor over there called me over and she said they, they give them these tests uh, for the first year. So she says, oh, he might even go to college. I said, you go to college? I said, uh, his father went to college and his grandfather went to college? I said, uh, I, that's what we expect. So she thought, you know, this was really something that he <laughs> might even go to college. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the reasons, too, that I was glad to get him into, you know, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. It was was a that a different attitude. Was that a white teacher? Oh, sure. That, yeah, very, in the beginning, yeah, at um, mm -hmm. Beaumont. There was very, you know, yeah, it's a change. A, it's a mind. This was a white teacher at um, Harrison where the youngest boy went. She mm -hmm. told me he never. <clears throat> and then my girl went to... Uh, they, in 54, they transferred her from uh, Washington uh, Elementary School to get the program there. They were separate at that time, mm -hmm. and she was in the gifted program there. So she went, uh, so they transferred them to the school, Ashland School. So I went up there the first day with her, and uh, it was a white teacher, and she says, um, we don't have any books for you students. We weren't expecting you to come here. And uh, just a very negative attitude. Mm -hmm. I was sitting right there in the classroom. But of course, now she only stayed there one semester. They quickly, those teachers, they, you know, that were so unhappy with the integration, they quickly tried to get into other schools mm -hmm. once they were able to do that. But, uh, do, you, do you feel that there was a difference um, in the way the black teacher and the white teacher were able to relate to, well, I, to I the Well, I think it's a very individualized thing. I think there's good black teachers and there are poor black teachers, and there's good white teachers and there's poor white teachers. Well, I was talking uh -huh. to a gentleman who mm had -hmm. been a teacher. I think it's a very individualized thing. Well, he was uh -huh. coming at it in another way because he says there are some things that, that that, like black children do that look, he called it woofing, where they look like they're going to fuss with each other. They are kind of fussing, but they're doing it in yeah, a playful way. Very often. No, 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 mm -hmm. no. He he was explaining mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. that that there are just uh, the, the mannerisms, and mm -hmm. so so if a black teacher saw those children, then they just were. You know, it's like saying, says so you, or you know, in each other's face kind of thing. Well, uh, they know that they're not doing anything, they're playing like, like puppies kind but of But I think it's more of a class thing now. Um, I, uh, well, he was I mean, talking we, in, the, in the 60s, the 50s. I still think it's a class thing. I think 70s, I'm sorry. A lot of the blacks that are educated and so forth, they're, they're polished. And uh, uh, I think uh, they just have a different attitude and mannerism, and I don't think uh, uh, they 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 act as though they have a chip on their shoulders. I think uh, um, I think it's uh, like my boy was friendly with another boy. Well, his father taught him to fight and protect themselves. We never taught our kids to fight, you know. Uh, in fact, my father taught us always, you know, to go away, walk away from it and so forth. But some of them feel like they they need to be able to defend themselves. Well, I never... This was another black child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I know one day my boy was a uh, 
the guard at the school, you know, I helped the kids across the street, and I came, uh, this was at Coke Green. And uh, one day, uh, another boy kind of roughed him up, and I came there, he had hit him and all, and so forth. And of course, my boy just said, please move your books, you know, and he jumped on. So I think it's